Breakfast. We're on the line today with Sonia uh, Samark. She is the Master Transformation Coach, Facilitator and Trainer for Systemic Healing with integral background in trauma and owner of uh, Healing Point. Sonia, thank you for joining us this morning. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're sounding very bright this morning. I hope you got your cup of java. Are you more of a green tea person? Which side do you go? I'm always really early in the morning. I'm an early bird. <laughs> but our discussion is quite serious today and we're talking, talking about the effects of domestic abuse around your children. Uh, if you have children, you, you probably try to shield them from uh, domestic abuse as much as you possibly can. Is, is, it, is it a possibility, Sonia, to shield? Are you able to shield your children from uh, domestic abuse? Actually, it's not possible because our children are highly sensitive to what's going on. So even if we try and shield them, they know something's up. So um, to try and say uh, our children mustn't know what's going on is a little bit of a cop-out because even though they they sense the underlying tone Mm. of something's not right, and it's easier to deal with what is really going on than that that what is it that's mm. going on, that sense of something's being hidden. That people, uh, children like to have honesty. Mm. In terms of uh, the direct and indirect results of growing up in a violent household with domestic abuse, um, what are those direct and indirect results? Because you may feel we're in another room and you think that it's quiet, but uh, what are those uh, uh, results? Well, I think the first thing is we need to understand that parents who are in abusive relationships themselves probably grew up in homes where abuse was the norm. Not always, but in a very, very high percentage. Mm. So, um, and that is why they say, I grew up in an abusive home, so I don't want my child to see that. So I understand the concern and the compensation that they are making. So um, the key is actually for the parents to say, hang on, we've got children here. We need to work it out Mm. one way or another. And I know this is not possible um, for parents to take that logic when they don't have it at the time when things go wrong. And violence and abuse comes in various, uh, I think, forms. And uh, for me personally, language is very important. And raising your voice doesn't um, um, specifically make your point any clearer. If someone says, no, my mom, my dad doesn't beat my mom, is there maybe uh, a form of violence that may affect uh, the the child later on? Is it just physical? Uh, Absolutely. Um, So... Abuse is abuse, whether it's mentally, emotionally, or physically. Mm-hmm. Um, it is abuse, no matter which way you look at it. Mm. Um, so we can't get away from the fact that it is not a good circumstance. Mm. If you've just joined us, we are with, Son- with Sonia Simak, uh, Master Transformation Coach Facilitator and Trainer uh, for Systematic Healing. So. So, Sonia, when we when we look at this specifically, we we it's not as simple as uh, just packing up and leaving. And we we can even look at something as complex as Stockholm syndrome. And you've mentioned as well as how people may have grown up in that environment. If some if if there are listeners there who feel stuck as parents in an abusive relationship, what can they do to protect themselves and their children? 
I think the first call is, I need help. Um, packing up and leaving as often is even more traumatic for the child mm. because the child is uh, bound to both parents and then which parent does it go with? And then it's always long for the parent that even if that parent is the abusive parent, it wants to be with that parent. So it's interesting. Children by nature want to protect their parents. Mm. So um, packing up and going is seldom the right route. Do they need protection? Yes, they need protection. And I think an intervention into the family is the best way to go forward. Mm -hmm. That, unfortunately, is not often possible. First of all, the parent needs to admit, I have a problem. And the parent who is the abuser very seldom is able to say, I have a problem, because their problem is so big, and for them mm. it is such a norm that it's very difficult for them to say, I have a problem. So then the parent who is abused needs to reach out to somebody and say, I have a problem, I need help. I need help to cope with the situation and make the situation better. Sometimes it's possible, sometimes it's not possible. So, but the first uh, call of action is to actually call for help. Mm. What are the signs that a child is suffering from trauma or distress because of an abusive environment? Well, um, we we have two ways of expressing our abuse. We either explode it, with other words, the child also becomes uh, abusive and uh, angry and whatever plays it out. Outwardly, with other words, temper tantrums, mm. anger, beating other uh, children up that that way, or it implodes. When it implodes, the child becomes quiet, doesn't talk, withdraws, goes into its own world. Mm. And then that's where we see depression, and that's where we have a lot of suicidal tendencies appearing, is when it implodes. Mm. Many parents tend to lock their kids in a room or go somewhere which they feel the kids won't see the abuse. What effect does that have on the person who has been abused and the child? Well, for the child who's locked away, it, it goes into absolutely and absolute anxiety because it knows something's going on. My, now I feel deserted on top of being abused or my, my parents being abused. So now I have desertion, I feel abandoned, and that is really, really scared. Who's going to take care of me now? Where am I now? And that's really scared for the uh, scary for the child. How can a victim of abuse deal with the impact of the sadness, the anger, and fear while trying to be positive around their kids? I, I can't imagine how difficult that is. It is super difficult. That is why... It's not good to do it by yourself. It is why you need to reach out to somebody, to social services, to um, there is um, uh, the, the free helplines. You have to reach out to somebody and get support and stay in a support structure as long as you are in that uh, abusive situation. And until that abusive situation can be intervened, and I always say it has to be healed. Mm. And I looked at an image once. There's a lot of school violence, and I often say say that there's no ways that you're just going to have a young boy kicking a girl in the head. This is something that happened last year in South Africa. There was video footage of it, and it really had me question exactly where did he see that happening, and why does he think it's okay to treat someone else like that? 
And, and it, it, is there a possibility that children are affected by that trauma, as you mentioned, and it, and it, and it pours out into, into schools? How can educators respond to that kind of violence? Well, this is the problem we have. Our educators are so overloaded. Mm. But the fact is, a child, or especially when they become gang leaders in the groups and the bigger ones beat up the smaller ones, it is something that they grow up with. It's a norm. It's, um, and it's, so at home, I'm beaten. So at school, I can beat. So your, your victim then becomes the perpetrator. So, yes, I think schools should be much more equipped to have specialists dealing with it and noticing it and intervening in that situation because a child who beats another child mm. is a very, very sad child. Sure. And uh, I, I think uh, the Department of Gauteng did a analysis about the impacts of trauma and gender-based violence. And it, it was so such a great study because it went to the effects of the economic and social and financial aspects of a person. And they even went as far as saying these are the demographics of a person who's been in a, in a, who hasn't had trauma from childhood abuse. This is how they work. And it even went as far as talking about productivity levels in the office. We expect people in leadership positions, Sonia, to be able to be fair to be consistent and all these wonderful things. Are those abilities innate and how does the pre-existing trauma affect them in, later on in their lives? Okay. In some cases, um, some really, really effective people at work um, are traumatized from childhood and they use that background to get out of it and they have a mindset of I'm never going to put myself into it and they become actually almost aggressive leaders and they become very controlling people. They control everything around them. So they, they may look extremely effective, but they work from an, 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 a position of control. Mm. Um, so that is one. We see it as a positive, but underlying is that little bit of if I'm not in control, I will lose it. Mm. So they become really effective. The others of uh, uh, the trauma has, that's the, the, then the imploded person in the workplace is the one who can't function properly, mm. who is just rolling along, who is just doing the minimum and waiting for the money to come out at the end of the month. Sonia, what about gangs? I've seen quite a lot. Gangs seem to become a second home, especially for abused uh, children, adolescents. And, Absolutely. Uh, hmm. And this is the thing is, um, uh, is in the gangs, because uh, that is a typical victim becoming perpetrator, in the gangs we are somebody, we all have the same background, so we understand each other, and so um, we now have to find a way of survival, and in the gang um, it is easier because we, uh, mm. we don't have to do it alone. Mm. And uh, and how does that grooming happen? You often see some of the young uh, children, even child soldiers themselves. I think for me, the most tragic, tragic thing. If you, if uh, I think Tears of the Sun is one movie that rips my heart out. When it, when you look at children and you're thinking, "Wow, what was I doing when I was eleven year old, eleven years old?" And you've got uh, um, child soldiers who have been forced to watch their mothers being sexually abused and the entire families being beheaded. They become soldiers. What kind of future do those kind of children have? Well, we need to understand that the, the pain is so big that uh, emotionally we as humans are not able to hold that amount of pain. 
So in order for us to be able to cope with that pain, we need to disperse it somewhere. And so um, the child soldier is just an expression of the pain. That that child has virtual no, there's there's no human feeling almost left in a child like that, Mm. which is, and it's also a victim of bigger uh, boys, or, Mm -hmm. you know, there's always somebody who is bigger. And therefore, they have a promise of at least I'm taken care of mm. um, in those situations. Sonia, um, the, the rehabilitation of uh, criminals in, in, in our society, we, we looked at parole, for example. It's, a, it's an issue where we've got capacity issues in our correctional systems, how we think about I- I- rehabilitation. I call it rehabilitation. I don't think it's happening. I've heard from multiple people who have been in prison. Uh, themselves and they get let out into society when the the parole was being uh, tested out in South Africa they were repeat offenses we don't have a death sentence Sonia how do we deal with something like uh, that that has just happened recently a pregnant woman being hanged uh, it's a heinous deed and I think one of the things we, we do as society is be shocked and we put it at the back of our minds it's, it's something that happened to someone and it's, it's, it's usually some people that we know how do we deal with that? Well, the thing is, we first have to understand that um, the people who can do that are beyond feeling pain. So, um, so human life no longer matters. So, if you start going back into the into the home, so when somebody is beaten again and again and again and again. You get to the point where I call it the point of numbness, mm. where you can beat me as much as you want. Mm. Um, you know, beat mm. me until you dead, I'm dead. It is, it's become my norm. So I no longer feel a pain. So we, we, we have certain pain scales. So when I'm beyond that pain scale, then I'm numb. Sure. Or it can, again, go into the point of I need to get rid of this pain and I will get somebody back. So it's, we call it revenge, but mm. it's not revenge against a person. It is a revenge against all the pain that is inside of himself. Mm. So your question is, how do you know? How do we re- uh, rehabilitate yes. them? Yes, it takes. It's a process, and you cannot rehabilitate somebody until you have addressed the pain, allowed that person to feel the pain to work through the pain, to work through the trauma, and then to uh, be able to make a new decision about life. When Only when a person has worked through all their trauma can they make new decisions about life. And mm. that is a process. It is not just being in jail for six years mm. and then uh, going to a session once a month or once a week. It is actually a, it, 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 it is a process. Sonia, my friend is beating up his wife. Um, he's respected by the community. I have financial interest with this friend. It could be my neighbor as well. What do I do? Yeah. What don't I do? Okay. So this is very, gets very difficult. It depends on the friendship. If the friendship is good enough, you can say to your friend, you know what, buddy? We have a really good relationship, but we have a difference in value. When you beat your wife, and something inside of me doesn't doesn't work with it. How can I help you? How can I support you? And um, um, is there anything 
I can help you with mm. because I think you are in a lot of pain. And it's actually, yeah, maybe it's a good idea to speak to our friends and say, hang on, you are in pain. Have you ever considered it? The answer will be no, I'm okay. But when you ask the question, how can I help you? Is there something somebody can do? At least it gets the, uh, it gets the thinking uh, mm. going. And it's, it's maybe I am. So mm. if three or four people say the same thing to the same person, mm. then there is an option where that person can say, yes, I'm hurting my wife. I didn't realize I was doing it. Let me go for help. Mm. Sonia, thank you so much uh, for your insights today. Not an easy discussion, but uh, thank you for the work that you do as well. If you've just joined us, uh, we are with Sonia Simak, Master Transformation Coach, a facilitator and trainer for systemic healing with an integral background in trauma and uh, owner of Healing Point, discussing the effects of domestic abuse around your children. Sonia, if some of our listeners would like to get a hold of you or your organization or need help, where can they get it? Okay, they can um, email me at sonia at healingpoint.co.za. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to spell that for you, Sonia is S-O-N-J-A. Sonia, thank you so much. Please do be safe. All the best. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Have an awesome day.